You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. You can find more interviews and features at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Peterson for Chirp Radio. I'm in Chicago, Illinois with Tom Krell, best known as How to Dress Well. Just had a coffee shop hanging out uh, in the back patio. It's a beautiful day and your album's coming out tomorrow and uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> How you doing? I'm really good, man. Yeah, it's extremely exciting um, times right now for me. Um, it is a beautiful day. It's like nice, like it's that like edge of fall that doesn't have the sting of winter yet. Are you still in Chicago? Or are you like spending more time in LA and New York these days? Um, yeah, I'm not in Chicago really anymore. And when did that happen? Made a move recently, or? Mm, sort of started happening in January. Um, and yeah, I mean, I still have an apartment here, so I come back often, but not as often as maybe I would like. Well, Chicago was big for just your development as an artist, I'm assuming. Uh, so you've been making a lot of changes, it seems. You've changed locations. And even this album, Care, is like the most maximalist thing I've heard from you by far, especially knowing where you came from. And Tripp's been you know, playing your stuff since the beginning. And in the beginning, it was you know, muddy, uh, in-the-red, lo-fi kind of stuff. And it was just you know mysterious, and this has never been clearer. Like this is the one of the most clear-sounding albums I've ever heard. So what was that process like, going from one extreme to the other? I don't know. I guess like as an artist, I was sort of working to come up with a new experiment, and part of the experiment was definitely going into very new terrain than I had gone in initially. So like, just sort of being aware of instincts and patterns in creation and and trying to play in a new direction so if my first instinct was like hey let's take this and let's put like heavy delay on it and then reverb it and then smash it and just like blast it out I'd be like hold on what if this is like crystal clear like what happens to the song if this is crystal clear and I just started to play with it I used I started to play with trying to push my instincts in a different direction and it started to feel really thrilling and that's kind of where the record came out why am i so pathetic why am i addicted to such attention all i want is that love and affection had a nightmare about my twitter mentions when what is so vacant and wake up so anxious Throughout it all, it seems like there's a sensitivity at play, though, and an intelligence. And maybe that's one and the same. Maybe intelligence is sensitivity. Um, not always. I mean, I know a lot of intelligent people who are rabidly insensitive. <laughs> and a lot of sensitive people who maybe aren't that intelligent. But yeah, it's def- I mean, I'm, I am pleased to hear you say that, because that's definitely the vibe. The wave has been um, trying to bring a a real tenderness through the music 
Uh, trying to bring a real, I don't know, trying to approach tenderness and, and naivete and even sentimentality with a certain amount of respect. And, you know, I think of myself as like an intelligent person and I, I think of my fans are by and large like super progressive, really intelligent people. And so I think that people get like that there is something important in tenderness. There's something like almost just like per se valuable about tenderness. Like you can treat any situation with tenderness and you're probably going to come out better than if you treat it without tenderness. But it's also, an, especially for a certain subset of heterosexual males that are just like, what? What? What is this? Like, why is he, why is he, what? Why is he doing this to me? I have these, all these feelings in my body now. <laughs> so this subset of heterosexual males, have you had experiences with these guys? Like, have they confronted you directly? Yeah. I mean, it's mostly on the internet because that's where they flourish, these heterosexual males. <laughs> no, I don't mean to, I don't mean to like pick out anybody or be negative. I'm just saying like, it's, it's been surprising to me how some people react to tenderness with extreme resistance and you know, sort of like embarrassment. Well, yeah, you have to be vulnerable. <laughs> and that's scary. And that's, that's a fear thing. So, um, embarrassment is extremely important. And I think people are like so afraid of being embarrassed. So afraid of, of being caught with their pants down or something like that, that like people are on rabid guard against it. And I think it can be a very, I think be, being embarrassed and living in embarrassment can be a really powerful feeling hearing some of your mixes and um, even some of the things that uh, you've said in other interviews referring to things like the starting line, pop punk, um, music that I loved growing up. And when I like see, saw you like mentioning, I don't know, bands that, I don't know, that as a kid I was really into and then still making good music as a grown man. <laughs> It's like, wow, cool. Uh, he's not afraid to even mention that stuff. And I feel like so many artists, I don't know if people even listen to that stuff growing up, because it seems like even if they did, maybe they were embarrassed to even mention it. Oh, yeah. um, but why? I don't know. Like, I listen to it even now, and I go, this is, this is emotional, like, so powerful fun. stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I just read a quote I'm going to read to you right now that I tweeted out because I received an email from a fan. And he had this in his signature, and I was like, damn, it's cool to have community. But he wrote, It's of some interest that the lively arts of the millennial USA treat anhedonia and internal emptiness as hip and cool. Maybe it's the vestiges of the romantic glorification of Weltschmerz, which means world weariness or hip NUI. Maybe it's the fact that most of the arts here are produced by world-weary, sophisticated older people and then consumed by younger people who not only consume art but study it for clues on how to be hip and cool. And keep in mind that for kids and younger people, to be hip and cool is the same as to be admired and accepted and included and so on alone. And I think that people, that's the quote, David Foster Wallace quote. Um, I think that people are embarrassed by the lack of world weariness they had when they were younger. There's like some kind of metaphor to the creative process here. Um, which I thought about a lot while making this record that like, so you, 
say you want to make the most serious song of all time. When you sit down to make that serious song, your first move is still, nevertheless, play. You start to make a very serious song and you start by just going like, like whatever you're doing on the piano or guitar or singing or whatever. You have to play at the start in order to create anything. Um, and then when you're making a serious song, of course, the end game involves completely effacing the traces of that original play as much as possible so that people are like, wow, this thing just came, uh, you know, ex nihilo out of this person's pure seriousness. Like, it's as if you didn't have to play at all. Um, and I just have become really allergic to that thought, I, partially because of playing so much live music where the play is front and center. Um, and then for a variety of other reasons, philosophical, ideological, whatever, ethical reasons, I wanted to sort of recenter things around play on this record. And I think that that process of starting with joy and then effacing it in order to appear serious, that's like basically the same thing we're describing in this relationship with the music of one's youth or whatever, or even the pop music that one secretly listens to. You know what I mean? The song you find yourself singing along to on the radio and then crying randomly. You're like, fuck, I didn't even know Celine Dion like, did this to me. Like, the fuck? And then, of course, you like put future on when your friends get in the car. Um, yeah, I don't know. There is like a... People are embarrassed of play. And play is the most important thing in the world. Change is hard When you can't feel close Even though that's what you need the most even though I'm beside you And they say that love can change your heart And brighten up they have darkness And I thought they had to When I was younger But I lost you When I lost you I say I think I know what love is now I think I gotta figure it out But then the second that I open my mouth I wanna change my heart again I say I think I know So when I first heard Lost Youth, Lost You, just from that opening line from you, that first verse, my eyes were just wide. And then by the end of that verse, they were just welled up, you know? And it's an important, important it, it just makes me wonder, what do you go through to, to get that? And still not sound depressed about it there's still a joy to it and an exuberance on display not just you know death not just death you know how do you do that um i don't know i mean the thing is like <clears throat> the record is a joyous and bright record but it still has like moments of like real pain on it and I think that my music, even when I make, even when I'm like being cheeky and funny and I don't think I get enough credit for my sense of humor in music. Like people literally listen to Precious Love and they don't think I'm like aware that like it's cheeky, but I'm sampling hold music. Like, are you serious? Like what? But yeah, like even on Anxious where I'm like being quite seriously funny, um, there's still a real seriousness to it. Um, because I take 
the art very seriously and I take the role of art in life very seriously and I take life seriously it's like you know I think the songs that are sad like a song like Lost Youth like to bring like an exuberance to that it can be a bit exhausting but like you know I just have to trust that like there's some value in expression even if what I'm expressing is disillusionment you know um yeah have you actually had a nightmare about your Twitter mentions is that (laughs) I mean I did in fact have a nightmare about my Twitter mentions um the important thing is that like everyone I know is stressed out by the internet and it's kind of like a crazy thing where we we all casually entertain the thought that it's just some simulation and it's like ultimately trivial etc but nevertheless it's like completely orients our day-to-day lives in such an intense way our emotions our self-worth like so much is is embroiled in that weird cyberspace um it's like a good symbol to me of like what life is like in the 21st century where you're like the things that we're like in we indulge in constantly that we're like we don't really have we want to think we don't have an investment in it but we're completely invested in it um we want to think it's just a simulation because we all know about postmodern accounts of our situation but nevertheless like when you're living in the postmodern world it's not the same thing as being aware of it as a postmodern world you're still just in the fucking thick of it um and that song is about trying to make art in that thick you know what i mean like the second verse i sing like someone told me not ironic that less meaning means more profit and like somebody literally told me that meanwhile like i can't um disengage even enough to just feel like twitter is a simulation or like a little game or whatever like i literally think of it more like the ancient marketplace where you would go and like actually like um engage in like forging your character and engaging with other people in order to know who you are and what you value and how to live right and shit like that's what happens on twitter it's not just like goofball jokes even though it's 95 percent goofball jokes five percent like political you know important political stuff maybe 50 50 now i'm not sure but yeah yes Thanks so much for talking to Chirp Radio, man. Uh, the new record's great. We've been playing you a lot. So have fun on tour and good luck with uh, yeah, PhD and with the new record. Thank you very much, man. Thank you so much. Dylan Peterson for Chirp Radio, the Tom Krell of How to Dress Well.
You can find this and other Chirp Radio interviews and podcasts at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.